This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas and habits that will make our lives happier, healthier, and more productive. So this week, we'll talk about why sometimes it's a good idea to indulge in a modest splurge and how to cope with other people's bad moods. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and talking to me is my sister, the sage, Elizabeth Kraft, who's my happiness guinea pig sometimes, but not always. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft. And although I live in LA, today I am in Kansas City, Missouri, our hometown. Yes, I'm so jealous. Yes, and I believe Gretchen missed her true calling as an ascetic monk, but she does make me happier. Oh, that's great. (laughs) And Gretchen, I have to tell you that I just had lunch at Winstead's. Oh, yeah. Winstead's is like the place where all of Kansas City goes. It's the... uh... Yeah, that and barbecue. The best burger in the world. The best burger. A very idiosyncratic burger, but the best burger in the world. Yes. Hey, and here's a heads up. We've heard from a lot of listeners that even though you listen to the podcast, you're not exactly sure how to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Um, I feel your pain. Um, I learned to do this uh, very recently. Um, So if you want to learn how to subscribe, Stay tuned at the end of this episode, and Elizabeth and I will walk you through exactly how to do it step by step. It really is easy. Do not worry. Uh, And thanks for letting us know that uh, you wanted to know how to do it. Elizabeth, before we launch in, can you uh, give us an update on how that try this at home of uh, setting an alarm for your bedtime worked for you? You said you were going to give it a try and see if it could help you get to get more sleep. Did Did it work? Uh, yes, I am ah, happy to report yes. it. I did set the alarm, step one, and it is working. Now, you know, I won't say that every single time the alarm goes off at 1130, I hop up and rush to bed. 
but overall it's getting me to move toward bed at that time. And there even, and I, I can't believe this, there have been nights when the alarm, I've already been asleep when the alarm has gone off. Oh. And I've actually had to get up and turn the alarm off. <laughs> I know, right? I think it's because I've been in more of a mindset to go to bed earlier. So therefore, when I feel really tired, I'm more likely just to decide to go to bed. Instead of thinking, I'm going to push through it. Exactly, exactly. And I think Adam is, I don't even want to say this because I, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I think Adam is going to bed earlier. Well, he's a real night owl. That's he is. Him. But the thing is, if you're going to sleep, this is how, this is the strategy of other people that I talk about in Better Than Before, which is that we're all influencing each other's habits. And so if you're going to bed earlier, even if Adam isn't consciously trying to imitate your habit, it still has this this effect. It just, it, it rubs off on people. And so you think of yourself as just changing your habit, but you're having this other kind of slop over effect on him too. Yeah. So a lot of people have been asking us if I've implemented that and if it's worked. Um, I think maybe people didn't believe that it would happen, but I am happy to report that I am doing it and it is working. And I hope that it's working for everyone else. Do let us know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now let's talk about this week's Try This at Home suggestion, uh, which is more fun maybe. This is a small manageable thing to give yourself a happiness boost, which this week is to indulge in a modest splurge. Oh, that is very appealing. Explain. Well, you know, it's interesting. There is a very complicated relationship between money and happiness. You know, on the one hand, it's true money can't buy happiness. But on the other hand, it's also true that money can buy a lot of things that contribute mightily to happiness. And it's a question of, are you making good decisions? Um, and sometimes people want to say like, well, possessions don't matter, throw everything away. It doesn't, you know, stuff isn't important. But I mean, I think for most people, there are things that can give us great joy. You know, if you love to cook something like great knives, you might take right. enormous pleasure in like great tools are very satisfying. Um, or like having a camera that's going to help you keep happy memories. Um, but and sometimes it's just I at least for me, I find that little things, little purchases, even though I'm an underbuyer, even for an right. underbuyer, sometimes a little thing can give you sort of a disproportionate jolt of happiness. Like what's something you've, in, what's a modest splurge you've indulged in that you think has brought you happiness? Okay, well, here's a perfect example. So I'm a huge fan of children's literature, as you know. Yes. And uh, I have a full set of paperback Wizard of Oz books from my childhood, which are precious to me. But I was in this amazing bookstore in New York City, Books of Wonder, and they had this gorgeous hardback edition of The Wizard of Oz with his heavy paper and gilding on the edges and mm. color illustrations. And, you know, it looked very old fashioned, but it was just beautiful. And I thought, you know, part of me was like, why would I buy another copy? I'm never going to give up my copy that I've had since childhood. That's like, that's irreplaceable. But I was... And I was, I just thought, you know what? I just have to have this beautiful, <laughs> fancy, colorful, shiny Wizard of Oz. And, you know, I just see it on the shelf and it makes me happy. I'm like, there it is. It's beautiful. I just love it, you know? And maybe because it reminds me of something that's so important to me, which is children's literature. How about you? Well, it's funny because on a sort of ongoing basis, as I've mentioned before in L.A., we have great cheap massage. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of a good modest splurge yeah, if you're yeah. in a place that has that. But as I was thinking about this, I mean, I remember when I one of my first TV jobs was on a show called Angel, spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. 
And Sarah and I were doing our first uh, script and it was incredibly stressful. Uh, and I took a break. I was working at home and I walked down to this little Larchmont village that was near my apartment. And it was at a time when I still didn't have any money. You know, I hadn't started, like my career was just taking off. And um, I went to the coffee bean and tea leaf and I bought a really nice yellow travel mug. And it was the first travel mug I'd ever owned. And I didn't strictly need it, but I just wanted it. I think it was like $18 <laughs> and it felt so indulgent. Yeah. Um, and it gave me this burst of happiness. I think because I felt like, oh, now I had some money in the bank and I could buy something that I didn't actually technically need. Right. Um, and I mean, I used it for at least 10 years. I mean, I think Adam finally, when we redid our <laughs> kitchen, made me throw it out, uh, because I just had such attachment to this mug. Well, it's such an LA thing too. Like I don't even have a travel. Yeah. I don't barely even know what one is, but, um, but you know what? I thought of a modest splurge, um, that when we decided we were going to start this podcast, you said, oh, I bought myself a special notebook. And when I was in LA, I saw it was like a beautiful, like gold and yes. white stripes. It's really elegant. And I was, and I remember thinking that was sort of unlike you to go out and buy like a, ooh, like, you know, this elegant journal. And I thought, well, she's really committed to the podcast now because she's bought her special notebook. So we're, we're doing this thing. That's right. And I brought that notebook to Kansas City because that's my podcast notebook and I must have it. So indulging in a modest splurge, it's like it gives you that list, but also like in both of those, it was like also like a sign of a new era or like I'm committing to this new identity or, you know, like sometimes, sometimes things are more than just things. They can, they have they're more. symbols. They're symbols. Sometimes you just buy some dumb thing and that's, that's not a good use of it. But, but sometimes indulging in a modest splurge really can make a difference. Yes. And the key here is modest. Don't go out and buy a $2,500 bag, you know, buy, you know, some fancy buy paper your, clips, <laughs> buy yourself some nice coffee. Yeah. 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 Well, let us know if you do try this at home. Did you indulge in a modest splurge? And if you did, what was your modest splurge? And did it boost your happiness? Tweet us, Facebook us, connect on the GretchenRubin.com. I mean, you can find all the information that you need in the description of the episode. We love to hear from listeners. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Happiness stumbling block. This week, oh, this is a good one. It's other people's bad moods 
or perpetual crabbiness. This is good, Gretchen. I think we've gotten more emails and voicemail questions about this general topic than any other. Yes, this comes up. This People keep raising this as an issue. How do you insulate yourself from someone else's chronic negativity? And there is this thing called emotional contagion. We literally infect each other with emotions. You're passing emotional content back and forth between people all the time. And this is what I've noticed about when people have this kind of issue where one person's really negative and one person doesn't like it and, and wants to fix the situation. And that has to do with Tiggers and Eeyores. Ah. I hate, that's a very sentimental pairing to use, but I can't, I can't think of any other like well-known pair that kind of captures that. I happen to love it. You do love it. Okay, that's good. Okay, because, so Tiggers are people who say things like, look on the bright side, smile, things aren't that bad. They're always trying to see the positive. And then Eeyores are people who say things like, no one can be cheerful all the time. That's fake. Or the glass isn't half full. That's unrealistic. It's self-deception. Or, um, you know, uh, I hate phonies. If someone asks me, how are you? I'm going to tell them the truth. And the problem arises when you get Tiggers and Eeyores together and they drive each other crazy. Because a lot of times what happens is the Tigger wants to make the Eeyore be a Tigger. Because first of all, they want them to be happy on their, for their own benefit. But then also the Tigger is drawn down by the Eeyore's negative emotions. And so the Tigger wants them to be, you know, higher spirited so they don't get that drag themselves. But here's the thing. They kind of drive each other crazy. Yeah. And the more a Tigger acts like a Tigger, the more an Eeyore will act like an Eeyore. And so, so instead of converting each other or meeting in the middle, they kind of polarize each other and make, make each other act in a more extreme way. Yeah, because I think the Eeyore is just doesn't want the Tigger to be in for a fall. Yes. You know, they don't want them to be so happy and then get disappointed. They want them to measure their expectations. So they see it being a somewhat of an Eeyore myself at times. Uh, they see it as protecting the person from disappointment, whereas the Tigger sees them as just bringing them down. Right. Or sometimes the Eeyore is saying things like, well, we're not going to be able to get it done in time. Or, you know, they say they're, they're focused on realistic problems that could occur where the Tigger's like, oh, but, you know, why are you, don't trouble trouble till trouble troubles you and, and that kind of thing. Uh, do you think you're an Eeyore? That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought you were really either particularly a Tigger or an Eeyore. I think I, um, I think I can be both, but I right. think I, um, so I can, I can be an Eeyore at times for sure. I, can't I can't say otherwise. I think I can also be a Tigger at times, but and I'm I'm struggling. I don't want to be an Eeyore. I really don't, but um it just comes out. So I'm trying to actually be more aware of it and not, you know, and not project any negativity because I don't feel it. Again, I think it's more of a rea I'm a very realistic is how I see it. I don't see it as negativity. I see it as just being realistic. But but given all that, how do you, so if you are an upbeat person and you, you do have, I mean, I think it's helpful just to know that that's someone's way and it keeps you from taking it so personally. I heard this metaphor that if someone's really negative, um, that you could sort of picture them, you know, holding out a glass of poison. And if they said, here, have this glass of poison, you wouldn't accept it. So when they hold out, you know, the sort of word poison, just don't accept it because you don't need it and don't drink it in. 
you know. Right. Well, it, it is hard when you're around someone. So one thing that you can do is just try not to be around them as much. Like if you can communicate by email or, or, or you know, or something where there's more of a distance. But a lot of times that's not possible. Maybe it's a member of your own family or like your boss and you can't you can't just do that. Um, but I think I think you're exactly right that one of the things that's helpful is to just say, like, you have your point of view and I have my point of view. It's not like I have to convince you to see the world in a different way. Because I'm probably not going to, I'm very unlikely to succeed and we'll just drive each other crazy. Trying to cheer someone up can drain you and, you know, exhaust you and just, and it just annoys the other person. Um, and so it's more about just recognize the legitimacy of somebody else's point of view. Like you can just say to them, I understand, like you feel like this really might not work out the way we're hoping it will. I get that. So that, because when people feel heard, also they don't feel like they have to keep repeating themselves. And when you talk to ears, what they often feel like is that people are rejecting their point of view. Like people are saying that's not true. But the eeyore is like, I'm being realistic. You're the one who's being um, unrealistic. And so instead of trying to argue that one person's right and one person's wrong, it's just saying both people have a point of view. You can have your point of view. I'm gonna have my point of view. And I'm just I'm not gonna t I'm not gonna make it my job to convert you because that's just gonna drive us both crazy. Yeah, I mean I think that's the key to the everyone who's you know written in and left messages. It's just don't expect that person not to be negative. Right. And no. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just let it go. Like just don't think it's going to change. And if you don't because it's probably not going to, or if it is going to, it's not probably through anything you're you're going to do. Right. It's going to be some realization they have in their own life. So just let them be. Right. Right. And and maybe and they pro they might feel like they're in the right. They might not want to change, you know. Uh it's true that happy people tend to make people happier, but you're right. You're right. Just to accept that and not try to go around changing everybody all the time. And I guess on the flip side, we can say to all the Eeyores out there, just let the happy people be happy. Yes, exactly. And if, they've, if they're disappointed down the line, they'll be disappointed. You can just let them be as well. Yes, yes. Um, so I guess this this was sort of a combo of know yourself better and happiness stumbling block because this is a this is an issue where if you really do know yourself better then you're better able to handle the happiness stumbling block um, by understanding what's true about you and what's true about other people. Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question for me and Elizabeth at seven seven four two seven seven nine three three six. That's seven seven happy three three six. And Gretchen, this week's question comes from Sam in Bloomington, Indiana. Hi, this is Sam, and listening to the podcast last night. And I just was wondering if you guys had any uh, comments or tips on how to avoid road rage. I am on the road right now, and there are some pretty horrible drivers. And just wondering if you had any tips about that. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Well, Elizabeth, as a person who lives in L.A. and therefore is forced to spend a huge amount of time driving, you must experience this a lot, either either as the rager or uh, the ragee. Yeah, I have I have been both. Um, <laughs> I, I am a very cautious, sometimes slow driver. So I actually a lot of people direct their road <laughs> rage at me because I'm not going fast enough or I'm hesitating about turning. They shouldn't do that. You know, so yeah, so I, I, you know, I've heard it all. Um, and a lot of times I'll just apologize. Sorry. Um, but you know, and, but I get road rage too, of course, uh, we all do. Um, it's really, 
the frustration of just sitting in traffic and when you need to get somewhere and the minutes are ticking by, it just builds and builds and then someone cuts in front of you and it, you're just, you know, furious. You know, one thing that I found that really helps me is to pay a lot of attention to what I'm listening to in the car. Ah, what do you, so, what do you listen to? Well, um, I have satellite radio, so I listen to a lot of Howard Stern, ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I also listen to books on tape uh, and yeah. of course, more and more to podcasts Yeah, because then you're really controlling what you're listening to. And if it's something that you want to hear, it's almost like that time in the car becomes a luxury. Right. Yes. That you couldn't otherwise do uh, in your day. Yeah. So if you're listening to a book that you're engaged in, you might end up sitting in your driveway or in the parking garage at the office listening for an extra 10 minutes. So then you don't get that rage because you don't have that frustration. You don't have that, that, that it, it doesn't build in the same kind of volcanic way. Yeah. And the other thing I think, and this goes to, you know, not just road rage, but anytime we experience that sort of frustration and that welding of rage throughout the day, you've talked about it in Happiness Demerits. Um, is think about how am I going to feel about what I'm doing right now in five or 10 minutes. So if I'm screaming at the car next to me in five minutes, am I, is this going to give me a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach? It always does. You know? It always does. And just try to cut it off. It always does. You always feel horrible. But I think it's also, if you can, to remember to cut people slack because this person might be racing in front of you, but they could be racing to the drugstore to get medication for someone who's really sick. Or you don't, you know, you assume yeah. that everybody's sort of in the same situation as you are, but they might be facing a really different, or, or, or they might have gotten a really horrible piece of bad news, or, you know, um, they might desperately have to go to the bathroom. I mean, you don't know. And so yeah. to yeah. really just say, well, you know, I wish that person, I mean, but then it's a problem when someone's raid is at you. Like I get super shaken up, like it really oh, bothers yeah. me. And so I think then some things like podcasts and audiobooks or whatever are helpful because then you can intentionally calm yourself by turning your thoughts to something else instead of just ruminating about like how angry you are, how much, how shaken up you are about someone's, someone else's bad feeling, or even just seeing somebody raging at someone else, even if you're just a bystander, it's very it unnerving. Can be, yeah. 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 And I think again, as you're, once you're away from that situation, just try to think, you know, they're probably regretting that now. Most people are are nice people and they're probably went off and said, Oh my God, I can't believe I screamed at that lady just because she was taking a long time to turn left. Um, and they probably feel really bad and they probably wish they could find me and apologize. So I'll just let it go and forgive them and go about my day without shaking as I, you know, <laughs> Well, if you'd like uh, a list of me to answer your questions on a future show, again, the number is 774-277-9336, or you can find the number in the description of the podcast. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. 
And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, it's time for the highs and the lows. Gretch, you're leading us off with a happiness demerit. Okay, so th- my... my uh... My demerit has to do with April Fool's Day. And um, it's interesting because a couple readers have said, why do you include the demerits? Why talk about something bad? And I think we think we decided to talk about demerits first because we think it's interesting to see how people screw up and talk about it. But it also it's like when you focus on a demerit, then it helps you change because you you sort of it, it shines a spotlight on something that's detracting from happiness and therefore it can lead to you. Fix, fixing something, and that is exactly what happened to me. This, this is a, this is this is the tragedy and the triumph of April Fool's Day, because I was on my book tour, and you know we have this, I have this tradition with my family, and you had this with Dad when we were growing up, which is how I got the idea of really doing April Fool's Day pranks. And I always got a big kick out of it. And like one year, I froze the milk in the cereal bowl, and one year I dyed the milk green and did various things. But this year, I was on my book tour, so I wasn't home, and I just was so exhausted. I came up with nothing. And I was like, I'm just, I can't face April Fool's Day. I can't come uh. up with something that I can do long distance. And then the minute, of course, it was April 2nd, I felt terrible. I was like, How, <laughs> you know, the, if you don't keep up a tradition, you destroy it and, and it won't be the same. And I'm a horrible mother. Is, yeah. And this is the chance that I had to do something memorable and I lost it. And I, I have this resolution to always keep my minor holidays, which I love. And I didn't do it. And I was imagining that this would be my demerit, as, I, as I'm saying it. And then I thought, hey, maybe I can use the really lame excuse of I wanted to make it even more of a surprise, so I decided not to do it on April <laughs> Fool's Day. Um, so I decided I can redeem this, and I will do an April Fool's Day joke. So the first one was with my younger daughter, who's 10, Eleanor. And I just completely copied a hilarious, simple but a classic April Fool's joke that Dad did to you when you were young. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious when you were in high school. When I just walked in and I said, we are so late for school. You need to get up and we got to go right now. And she sprang out of bed, her arms. Dead asleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arms and legs windmilling. You know, and the whole thing. And then I just burst out laughing. And she was a really good sport about it. And it was great. It was hilarious. And I completely got her. And then with my older daughter, I went in, you know, she's 16, Eliza. So I knew exactly how to strike to the heart of everything that matters to her. And I go in and I whisper to her our first thing where I'm like, I am so sorry. She, she has to turn over her phone to us before she goes to bed. And so and we put it on the floor where it can charge right by this desk chair. And I said to her really softly, I was like, I don't know how it happened, but I sat on daddy's desk chair and somehow your phone was underneath it and I just crushed it. And she looks at me in horror and then she, her eyes narrow and she says, is this April Fool's? I was like, oh, did I get you even for a minute? She said, yes, you totally got me um, for like a good 10, 15 seconds. And so I'm so happy because I, I, because I was thinking about the fact that I was going to have to give myself a demerit. I kind of managed to, 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 to turn, turn it, around. it around. Yes. Um, and do an April Fool's joke anyway. And I feel so happy that, uh, that I did do something after all. So that's my well, story. I'm, 
And now you can do, now you sort of can do April Fool's year round. You've really opened it up. That's true. It doesn't (laughs) have to be on April Fool's Day. I love it. (laughs) No, but here, but, but give us something that that's, that's the good and the bad. Give us just a pure, a pure up story. Well, Gretch, being in Kansas City, of course, I have to do a Kansas City-related gold star. Yes, good, good. Uh, because you know how much we both love Kansas City. Um, and I'm giving a gold star to the fountains of ah, Kansas City. Yes, good uh, one. Yeah, now, I know you know this, Gretchen, but our listeners may not all know. <laughs> surely that, everybody knows Surely this. they do, Yes. <laughs> Um, that Kansas City has um, the most fountains of any city second to Rome in the world. Yes. And mom actually today said she thinks we have more fountains than Rome, <laughs> although she doesn't have proof. <laughs> and so we really do have fountains all over the place. Yeah. And they're very pretty. And they really, um, especially now in the spring, yeah. uh, just give this really nice feeling Sort of everywhere you go, there's that sound of water and there's a different fountain and they bring back all sorts of memories. Yeah. Um, because of course they're, you know, the fountain that you, you've been seeing your whole life. Like, you know, there was one for a while, it was the fountain that was outside the orthodontist office. Yes. And then, yes. you know, but then that place, instead of becoming the orthodontist to you, it became where a certain store was that you liked, you know, was next to that fountain. Wait, do you remember the fountain of the naked boy on the plaza? That's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Yes. When you're literally like, oh, he's naked. Yes, it was shocking. Um, Right out in public. Yeah. And there are fountains on the plaza, which is a very, uh, well, I say famous, famous to us, shopping area, (laughs) um, where when the royals, you know, are doing well, they turn the fountains blue. And there's the Myers Circle Fountain, which is when you're learning how to drive, you have to go around and around that circle to learn how to to do a circle, and you know, and there's a fountain in the middle. So it's just they all sort of bring back memories and are a nice thing to see um, and symbolize, you know, just the city that that we love so much. So um, Gold Star, it's to the fountains and, of course, to Kansas City itself. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Indulge in a modest splurge. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And remember to stay tuned after the credits. Gretchen and I are going to explain exactly how to subscribe to a podcast. Trust me, this makes listening to the show a lot easier. Thank you to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thanks as always to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Uh, You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Gretchen's blog. You can call us. And all of that information is in our podcast description. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And it's a big help to a new podcast like ours if you rate or review us. And I also want to add that the great folks at iTunes have created a one-stop page where you can subscribe to the podcast and find the e-versions of all my books, like my new book, Better Than Before, and The Happiness Project. Um, it's easy to remember, itunes.com slash Gretchen Rubin. Uh, you can get the podcast there, or you can also subscribe in Stitcher or any other podcast app by visiting panoply.fm. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Okay, time to talk about how to subscribe to a podcast. 
first of all, do not worry. Anyone can do it. There are a few steps, but it really is easy. Uh, so you're going to want to have your smartphone handy. So right now we're going to explain how to subscribe on an iPhone. To subscribe on another type of phone or on a computer, check the instructions we posted on GretchenRubin.com. If you have an Android phone, you'll need to download a new app from Google Play. Popular options are Pocket Cast and Stitcher. All right. So looking at your iPhone, there should be a purple app called Podcasts. It comes right with every newer iPhone. So if you don't see it, you can download it from the App Store. So take a second to find it and open that app. Then in the bottom right corner of the app, click on the magnifying glass that says Search. Then type Happier. The first bright yellow search result should be this podcast. Click it, then click on the purple button that says subscribe. And Gretchen, we must point out this is a free subscription. Yes, very important. In the bottom left corner is a My Podcasts button. From now on, when you open that page, the newest episode of Happier will appear, and you can just click on it to listen. That's it. You did it. Now you'll automatically get the newest episode of Happier every week as soon as it's released, right on your phone. I love actually subscribing to podcasts because then listening to them could not be easier. And that's one of the key things about making a habit. You want to make it as convenient as possible. And very few habits, sadly, are as convenient as the habit <laughs> of subscribing to a podcast. Gonna fix you up. By the time we're through, I'll be Tigger One. You'll be Tigger Two. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.